0: Hello and welcome to Dose Podcast. I am your host, Clara, and founder of Dose Brand. Today's episode is number 11, and I am joined by Claire Ellis, the founder of Malibu Apothecary. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> okay. So, um, Claire and I have never actually met in person, but we both had our products at a store in Aberkini in Los Angeles. So that's how I was introduced to her brand.
1: Yeah, I know. It, it was so incredible. You reached out to me and you were like, I know Ruby and Tallulah from the key. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I started listening to your podcasts and how you met them. And it was really incredible. And it was kind of a similar way that I met them too. So it was just funny.
0: Yeah, I love how social media can connect all of us. But okay, so um, if you want to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself and and what you do, and then we can get started on your whole background and how everything. Perfect.
1: Yeah, so my name's Claire, and I'm the founder of Malibu Apothecary. That's how I met Clara, and through our store that key that we were in previously and I've had my business for a year and a half now Malibu Apothecary creates clean candles for a cleaner earth so we give back 20% of our online sales to Heal the Bay and to Breast Cancer Research Foundation and so we can chat about it a little bit more but all of our candles are created with clean coconut wax and clean essential oil infused fragrance oils and give back for coastal conservation. And each different candle is inspired by places that I've traveled that are all coastal inspired and beach and vacation.
0: I love that. Okay. So I think they're all going to love this podcast because you and I have very similar stories. Well, different, but, you know, we're the same age. We both have been doing our own companies for a year and a half or so. And yeah, I think we both might have some intel or some tips that might help um, anyone else that's thinking or already in they're doing their own business. And, you know, yeah, I think (laughs) we can bring some light into this whole world of starting your own company.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think especially as young entrepreneurs, too, because I think that people think that you need to have 20, 30 years of experience. And while experience definitely helps, you know, it doesn't preclude you from starting something or changing an industry. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, what was he 19 when he started Facebook, and it changed the world. Now he has, you know, a huge portion of the entire world as his users. So I think it just shows that no matter your age, you can really create something incredible. So um, I think that your story and hopefully mine can encourage people that, you know, even if you're young, especially now, I think, I don't know about um, you and in Spain, I think mm. it'll probably be different, but the same, we're all kind of going through this same crisis where I know a lot of people who have lost their jobs and don't know what the next step is. So, yeah. so I think it. Hopefully it can be some encouragement, but my background um, kind of started, I grew up in. I was born in Dallas, actually, and I moved to Los Angeles when I was young. My parents divorced, so I went back and forth, and I went to, I think, four different schools in four years, so I was always having to like, change and constantly adapt, which is something that I feel like now has been a really amazing and incredible skill that I've been able to translate into mm-hmm. and a credit for even small successes that I've had and Growing up in LA, I mean, I was just like enamored by the beach and the water, and I loved being by the coast. So it was something that was always really special to me. And I was so grateful to have gone from, you know, Dallas, which is kind of flat and there's not a lot of nature, to then being with the mountains and the sea. And it was just something that was really beautiful that I cherished. But from there, I went to Southern Methodist University, and that's a college in Dallas. So I went back to Dallas. Um, And fortunately, my parents had said, you know, you have four years, we'll support you. Um, So I was really grateful for that. But they're like, no more than four years, because there's a lot (laughs) of kids who can take a a little bit longer. I, I know a few. And so for me, I was like, okay, how do I maximize these four years? And instantly I was like, I knew I wanted to graduate in three years and kind of use that extra year to travel because that was something that I was super passionate about and be more towards the sea and the coast and see other islands and places. And so I knew I also wanted to be in the business school and work in business. So I, got a degree in marketing and entrepreneurship but mm-hmm. you know a lot of the time you'd think like oh my gosh because you wanted to be an entrepreneur but I actually had no desire whatsoever to be an <laughs> entrepreneur it was like the least amount of credits I could take in the business school to pass <laughs> and still like graduate in three years so I was like entrepreneurship yeah yeah why not um, Love that. But <laughs> and So I did graduate in three years and I ended up traveling. I went six months um, living in Nice, France, and then Mm -hmm. I traveled to Asia by myself for like six weeks around different places in Kenya and Dubai and the Caribbean and around the United States too. So I definitely got my travel in. But I was really grateful now, obviously, that I have this entrepreneurship background, but for me, when I graduated school, I was like, I'm definitely going the corporate ladder. Like that is for me. I don't want to worry about all the risks because my dad was an entrepreneur. So I mm-hmm. was not at all like, I mean, a lot of people in LA think like Silicon Valley and these tech startups, like that's what entrepreneurism is. And that's what owning your own business means. But for me growing up, I I definitely knew that's, that's not all, you know, peaches and cream. So mm-hmm. I mean, we had grown up living, you know, really well sometimes. I mean, I grew up on a horse farm and we had a three-story house, but then there'd be times in winters where like we couldn't even afford to heat the whole home. So we'd use our fireplace. So it's like, I've definitely seen living, you know, rich and living poor. And that is something that I was super grateful for that experience growing up mm-hmm. too, because it's also adapting and you get to see different sides. You know, I know. I people who have only lived one lifestyle their whole life and they think that's what reality is and you know it's not so I was definitely not wanting to be an entrepreneur like I know what it's (laughs) like to not know where your next like meal is coming from I mean not to that extent but you know your next paycheck or you know Mm -hmm. it's it's rough so I was like dead set on going and working in international marketing so I could travel and I had actually worked for Sony Pictures in LA and Universal Studios in New York. And I really loved working for a studio. It was super fun and exciting and being around movies and, you know, having the opportunity to travel and go to premieres. And it, it was really great. But also, I remember my first offer from a studio out of school was $32,000. Mm-hmm. That And I was like, that's not a livable wage. Like that's insane in LA you know yeah in LA that's that's very low right yeah it's extremely low and we had kind of talked about that like some corporate jobs before you know it they don't always pay the best, and you uh-huh. know if it's something you really want to do. And now I don't take an income from my business at all. So thirty-two thousand dollars sounds great. <laughs> like I'll take yeah. it, but um, <laughs> I'm not. Now I won't complain if someone's offering me thirty-two thousand dollars. But um, yeah, I I think it just kind of makes you look at your future and if that's something that's worth your time and energy and your life. And if it's going to pay off in the long run, it, you know, it's not obviously all about money, but um, I ended up going to work for a tech company then. Mm-hmm. And we worked in partnerships and our partners were in the media and entertainment industry. So they would be universal studios. And so I still got to kind of work in that space, but I found myself, you know, kind of lacking, you know, a creativity. I I wanted to kind of do something more with my time, and I actually got back into a hobby of candle making, and that's something I had picked up in college. After I went to Nice, um, have you been to Nice? Uh, I I think so. I'm guessing I have. <laughs>
0: it's very close to yeah. home.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're closer by, but. You know, it's in France, and on the Côte d'Azur, there's a little town called Grasse. Have Mm -hmm. you heard of it?
0: No, no, but I'll look it up after.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. You should go, because it's the fragrance capital of the world, and they have all these perfume houses some of the Mm -hmm. first perfume houses there and so most of the really big perfume houses now still are based in grass or they have some sort of tie there but while i was there i was able to take a perfumery class in school and so I that's so cool yeah it was incredible I mean, I learned the art and science of perfume making and fragrance and, you know, top notes, base notes, heart notes, and how you can combine them. I mean, what I found really incredible was that you can take a note like musk. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know what that is, but it's actually this substance that comes out of, it's secreted out of the male musk deer. Um, Now they use synthetics that are more sustainable so that they're not, you know, testing on animals or using animal based yeah. ingredients, but on its own, it's very pungent and it's not a great smell, but when you marry it with things like vanilla or warmer notes, you can kind of create this symphony that fragrances. And so I thought it was really cool how you could adapt and use different things and kind of make lemons into lemonade and, use your creativity there. So I kind of got into candle making in college and that, and to be the real answer too, is that I couldn't afford these $85 diptyque and Joe Malone candles. I mean, it was insane. (laughs) I was like, how do you pay for this? This is crazy. And you're just burning it and it goes away. So I was like, I'm gonna make my own candles. And so I set out to make my own and it wasn't cheap, all the supplies. And I won't say that I'm cheap, but I'm value oriented. So once I had bought all mm-hmm. these supplies, I was like, I'm going to learn how to make this. And it was really difficult. And my roommate had actually gotten back from Austin city limits, which is a big concert in Dal or in Texas actually. Mm-hmm. And she comes back and she's dead tired. She's like driven all day. She's got done like, partying at this concert and I have wax candle wax all over our oven I'm freaking out I'm googling like how do you get candle wax off surfaces how do you get candle wax out of an oven how do you remove the top out of an oven what does it cost to replace an oven like I was fully prepared to replace our oven in our apartment I was like we're not getting (laughs) the deposit back like there's no way and I'm like asking her and freaking out and she's dead tired and she literally like gives me this look like I'm gonna kill you and (laughs) she's like use ice and so then I'm like putting all this ice in there and I'm like chipping it off with like this barbecue gillet thing spatula thing I don't even know um finally I get it all off but she's like no more candles I'm like I just bought all these supplies like I need to figure out how to make (laughs) candles now like I'm not gonna just throw them out so anyway I, I kept I kept at it and um Researching into candle making, I started to find that they're actually super toxic for you. I mean, the Joe Malone Mm -hmm. ones and the diptyque ones that I was burning, they're made of paraffin wax, which we had kind of talked about before, I think, but it's an oil byproduct that comes at the bottom of the oil barrel and it's literally the last. that they take out during the refinement process so they've already extracted asphalt rubber plastic the gasoline that they need and this yeah it's just icky (sighs) and gross and they take this black sludge it's normally black so your candles that you have they're all white that are you know these high designer candles yeah they're, they come start as black and they take bleach. That's 10 times stronger than our household bleach. So like your Clorox, it's 10 times stronger than that. They bleach it. And when you burn it, you know, you're not only burning the bleach, but you're burning these gasoline byproducts that release chemicals. And two of them are toluene and benzene. And they've been known to, you know, affect cancer, cancer cells and also our respiratory oh. system, our neurological system. Yeah, so you're burning this and breathing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Obviously. I did not know that it was
0: like this bad.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, and I think in general too, like once you start thinking of one thing, or you see kind of the science or the history or, you know, the standards yeah. of one product, you say I bet that translates to everything I'm doing in my life or consuming. So from there, I was like, that's crazy. So I started to use cleaner ingredients. I was using soy wax and coconut wax and using more um, essential oil infused fragrances. And so ours are actually a combination of essential oils and synthetic because it's not always sustainable to use an essential oil, Mm -hmm. like things like stage, you know, they're there's extinctions that are going on with certain plants or animals. So, and some aren't just not good for your allergies. So, in cases, it's good to use synthetic fragrances. But just you know, having the knowledge, I didn't know anything about that before, and I started kind of like investigating and finding out like what are the best scents to use, what is the best wax to use, um, how can I use glass that's made here in the U.S. that's not made in sweatshops in China, and all those mm-hmm. things. And I would give them as gifts just, you know, for fun. And then I had picked it back up. Like we were talking after I had um, been at that tech company, I had started making them again just for fun and like kind of respite, just a hobby. And my boyfriend actually was like, you should start a business. And I was like, why not? So from there, I kind of started a business and like kind of hit the ground running and I was grateful then that I had that entrepreneurship, like, learnings and skill set that I was taught in my class and just the experience with my family that I was able to put into practice, you know, getting things like an LLC, getting your sales tax license, um, setting up your accounting, separating your personal and professional expenses. So Mm I was really grateful for that background. So that's kind of how the background of how I got started in a long answer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: no I love it I love it it's see like it's the little things that we think that won't affect us that then at the end of the day like when we're doing a project come in so handy
1: yeah definitely I mean everything in life is so interconnected and I found that especially through, like, the ingredients you use, mm-hmm. whether it's the packaging, you know, where does your packaging end up if it goes in the trash or something that you've done in your life, how it can come back and a- affect you, or how, yeah, to Lula that one day. And I had no idea that I'd be sitting, you know, a year and a half later talking to you on a podcast. So
0: I know <laughs>
1: <laughs> things definitely come full circle. Gotta love life. Yeah.
0: Yep. How did you? So now that we have like senior background and and all that. And by the way, I did not know the part about like moving around and having so many schools, like four schools in four years. I think I did uh I think it was like four schools in three years. Oh wow. So I can relate I can relate to that so much. <laughs> and it helps like in the future, you know, years later, looking back, like almost ten years later. I'm so grateful because I'm sure you're the same. We can adapt to anything yes. so quickly. Like we are not as attached to places as other people are. Like, you know, we we, we know how to function in a moving, you know, uh, situation better than other people. I think it's helped a lot during COVID. Yes. Uh, I saw a lot of people that could not adapt to to situations you know to changes because they've never had to change their routine right and they've never had to you know be told what to do or in like the sense of not leaving the house like in Spain and to me it came so easy because I'm so used to it I have been in so many boarding schools but they told me like when to wake (laughs) up when to go to sleep when to leave the house so I was
1: like wow see 10 years later everything comes in so handy yeah yeah And I think it's definitely learning to be uncomfortable because I know people who've Mm -hmm. been comfortable their whole life and haven't had to worry about anything or it's just been status quo. And so, I mean, all of a sudden your life gets uprooted or all of a sudden those bad things happen because they will happen. And this, what's going on right now with COVID it's a crisis, but it's not the only crisis the world has ever faced. It's just one in modern day that we're all happening to face at the same time. But You know, everybody goes through crises, whether it's personal or professional. So learning how to navigate those and adapt quickly and use the tools you have instead of, um, you know, maybe focusing on the negative, you need to like look forward and always be pushing forward. Um, So I didn't know that about you. That's really interesting. I mean, it's crazy because we're in like different parts of the world, but I feel like there's so many things too that we've shared in common that we found out too.
0: Yeah, I I find that so interesting with the most random people. (laughs) And I'm like, see, I knew that I was drawn to you for a reason. Yeah, (laughs) Like there's always a connecting point.
1: Well, especially because I had immediately after I had listened to your podcast, but just in general, like you reached out to me and you were like, hey, do you want Mm -hmm. to do this podcast? Like, hey, I met... Um, you threw Ruby into Lula, you know, I love what you're doing. Like you just have this energy about you that's so open and you weren't afraid to go out and talk to new people and be uncomfortable. And, you know, for some people like that would be really, you know, jarring or you know yeah. you know discomforting to say like oh I'm gonna reach out to this random person on the other side of the world and you were like nope I'm gonna go into stores and ask to do pop-ups and um will you stock my stuff <laughs> and you know it's funny I mean I'm the same way but yeah <laughs> I say it's because I have no shame um yours is probably just because you're Absolutely. um you know extroverted <laughs>
0: <laughs> no shame extroverted um uh... I don't know if Spanish has anything to do with it but (laughs) we just talk to everyone.
1: Yeah and if something goes wrong you can pretend like you you didn't know English anymore. (laughs) I'm like oh my god no entiendo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay but um, do you want to talk about more um, about the company you know um, well yeah we already know how it started so now like what is Malibu Apothecary? Like, what are your guys' values? Like, what's the next step? Like, you know, things like that. And I love, by the way, that you have a candle that is named Formentera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it has the um, oil-infused fig. Yes. <laughs> Which I love figs. And we are in primetime fig eating in Spain. Oh, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> so I'm very happy that's to awesome. see that. That's incredible. Yeah, I had fallen in love with Formentera. I went and I went on those like little mopeds, those motorcycles around, oh. and I saw this fig tree, and I'd never seen a fig tree before. And the guy <gasps> I was with, really? yeah, I'd never seen like one in person. Uh, or, I mean, I guess I just didn't know if I'd, if I'd seen it. I didn't know I'd seen it. But I was with this guy who was from Spain. And he was like, eat it. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's a fig tree. And it was incredible. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. I mean, I love figs roasted in other ways and with, you know, cheese and crackers. But mm-hmm. it was just really cool. And I don't know. I just fell in love with Formentera. It was so beautiful because it looks almost like the Caribbean. It's so different than Ibiza and so I don't know anyway I loved it and fell in love but to answer your question like where we are today (laughs) and what is Malibu Apothecary so I touched on a little bit how we create clean candles um we when Mm -hmm. we first started out because I'm a one-woman show and I had come with a background of partnerships that kind of felt like the easiest road for me because I think it's way easier to try and call Ritz-Carlton and sell 5,000 candles than it is to find 5,000 different people who want to buy your product, being direct-to-consumer or in yeah. retail. So we had started out being in some retail stores, but with a focus on travel partners. And we had partnered with the Kimpton and the Cayman Islands Board of Tourism and the Hilton so different hotels to create whether it's custom candles or just delivering our candles to their guests travel agents what have you so travel was a really big focus Mm -hmm. and that's something I'm super passionate about so like I definitely was gravitating gravitating towards the travel industry and then I also kind of felt like you it's you almost need to have that consumer relationship too to learn what people like and to have that connection with your customer and to kind of build a brand in general. I, I wanted yeah. a brand that also was accessible to other people too, not just you know corporate partners. So I guess it's kind of omni-channel. So we did you know the corporate private labeling and then we did wholesaling with retail and then we had our online website. So was kind of putting a little bit in everything and then when COVID happened obviously in like a matter of a day travel just stopped Mm -hmm. and all the travel partnerships we had you know they unfortunately had to cancel all the events that we were doing were canceled and so from there like we had been talking about is learning how to adapt and pivot I had instantly said okay let's do retail but then when the retailers started you know being shut down in LA all the stores were shut down in one day so some of them had actually gone bankrupt and you know weren't able to pay me and then so then I'm pivoting and kind of adapting okay well now we're going to sell to online e-commerce partners and with that with their inventory they want it to be more consignment based and drop shipping and you mm-hmm. have to give you know your margin to them obviously but they don't hold any of the inventory so i kind of thought maybe i should adapt and shift more to be more online and direct to consumer so that's mm-hmm. definitely our focus now is being direct to consumer and i think we had talked about it before even the retail side of it, it's like there's a middleman and you don't get to actually talk to the end customer at the end of the day. And so what I found that I really love about being direct to consumer now is that I I know the direct end customer. So if somebody emails me or Instagrams me and says, I had your candle. Like I instantly know their name because I know the name of every single person who's ever bought a candle because I can see it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool to see, you know, um, I mean, it can almost get like your somebody likes your photo and you're like, oh, that's the person who lives in Pennsylvania and bought that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, so it can get kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of our focus now is being direct to consumer. And when you ask, like, what's next? I, at first, when I started, I mean, I had wanted to be in retail and big retail and my first apartment or my last apartment, actually, I lived in Beverly Hills behind all the shopping center Mm -hmm. behind Barney's, which I don't know if you know, but it's a huge department store in America. They, since I lived there, when I lived there, I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, Barney's, this is so incredible. That's my dream is to be in Barney's and to have my candles in there. Mm -hmm. And I would go in there every so often and kind of look at all the other candle brands that were in there. And, um, but then while I was living there, Barney's went bankrupt and they literally had a clearance sale and they were giving away basically everything that was in the store. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had this realization moment that, you know, and I go back to Dallas, my boyfriend lives in Dallas. So I'm in Dallas right now, actually. And Neiman's, we we now live across the street from Neiman's and Neiman's was going bankrupt too. So I just got this realization that it's just, it's not the path ahead and similar with the studios studios were really struggling. And apart, aside from the salary, I just didn't see the future there was as bright. And um, so that's kind of why I pivoted to tech. And now instead of retail, I'm kind of going more towards direct to consumer as well. So I think that is the goal. And that's kind of what's next for us is really to establish ourselves as a direct to consumer brand. And I not to say I want to pull out of retail, but I don't want to focus on that because I would rather put the margins into the product and deliver a better mm-hmm. product than have a middleman who delivers an inferior product for us.
0: Yeah, we we talked about that yesterday or the day before, actually, that um, when you give it as a wholesaler you don't have the connection with that customer you don't know how they're selling your brand and it just feels a little bit cold right. from our side right.
1: and i think but... when you're mission driven like just the brand is too i know you you lose the opportunity to sell your mission and your story which is the reason you even started in the first place you know obviously you yeah. have beautiful jewelry and Um, you know beautiful candles but if people don't know why you're making them or the story behind it you know you could either lose the sale or lose the purpose behind it
0: yeah one of my favorite things to do with branding and like it's looking at other brands and what's the story behind it and I'll probably love the one that has a good story so much more than the other ones that are just like plain products because there's there's products everywhere but I like to fall in love with a brand and like, have it be another person, you yeah. know, like another friend. Definitely. Yeah. But I think you, I think you're doing that very well. Cause at the end of the day, your brand is very much you and my brand is very much. Me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost synonymous. So when I, I speak about it, I, I separate the two. Um, but you know, it, it has us at the heart of it and but at the same time it's its own like living breathing entity so it's, it's just interesting yeah. but you're the one like breathing the life into it and fueling it and i can definitely tell that for sure with your brand i mean you've done an incredible job and we had talked about that before all of your branding and just your social media and i feel like you're so good at creating community and being something that's bigger than just the jewelry that you make it's like the purpose behind it and the mission and the community and your customers I feel like are a part of your brand which I think is so important today
0: thank you yes that that is what I'm trying to do um I sometimes feel like I I am not doing enough you know, and that it's lacking some more like personality and like talk about deep stuff. But you know, time of time, um, it will come. <laughs> there will always be more to do. Yeah. But yeah, I I love that I can make it whatever I want to make it. You know, I can talk about serious stuff that other brands would never even like touch on that topic because it's too, you know, it's too serious or it's it's too whatever. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And I always see that you're kind of sharing what's going on in the world and things to be aware of. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's really great because you're making your customers a part of it. And even to the extent that you're naming, you know, your jewelry after people that inspire you or that are close to you, I think is really incredible too.
0: Thank you. That's one of my favorite
1: (laughs) things.
0: And like being able to say like, meet this new ring and meet the person behind it. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But let's go back to talking about you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So with the question of what's next, I think you covered a little bit about that saying that you're going more into less retail and more online selling and you know connecting more with your customers and future future customers but is there anything else that's that's in the future or like what's your goal
1: yeah so I mean I would love eventually to get back into the travel partnerships I think
0: where Mm -hmm. it makes
1: sense like instead of just being in as many retailers as possible I think for the future Mm -hmm. is being in places you know how similarly the people that inspire your rings there's places and destinations that inspire each candle so to kind of be in each of those locations whether you know it's a luxury resort or you know something that's travel related I definitely want to be more ingrained in the travel experience because you know you're burning a candle and right now I feel like it's been so important that we can't go to some of these places so how do we capture the essence of that place through fragrance because we know that scent is actually the strongest trigger of memory so if yeah. you can take those things that are very familiar, like for me, figs in Formentera were something that were super special. And being able to take a person to that place, especially right now when you can't go, mm-hmm. I think is something really special. So I would. That's so much. Yeah. And I, I, so I would definitely say being more ingrained in the travel community. And, you know, it's a candle. So it's like kind of quasi beauty you know, home decor, but I really want to like position it as something that's travel related and something that makes you feel like you're going to that place.
0: I love it. (laughs) I love it a lot. Well, thank you. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to like get my hands on some of your stuff. And I mean, let me just tell you the design, especially the black design. Wow. If anyone listening doesn't know her brand yet, um, you guys should go look at the designs of the candles plus the story behind it. But the designs alone are so beautiful. So beautiful.
1: Thank you. I mean, similar with your. How did you how did you come up
0: with that? Like simple, simple design clean which is what I love the most yeah
1: was there an idea behind it well I'd always loved candles and so I mean I had so many candles the our first candle was our black matte candle and for whatever reason I was just like I want a black matte candle and I didn't really know of any brands that were clean that were doing black matte candles and I just love mm-hmm. black and white. I mean, it's all over my room and my clothing and my tour. I'm wearing all white right now. And so, or <laughs> I'll be wearing all black probably tomorrow, but I just, I just love black and white. And especially, and it kind of goes back to traveling because when I was traveling so much, I had one suitcase. So I was going around Asia for six weeks in a really small suitcase. And I only packed things that were, I mean, I was going to more beachier places. So it wouldn't necessarily okay. be black, but I would only pack things that were white, cream, and blue. Because you could match all of them together and I could wear different things really easily. And so I think that's always how it's come. I've always learned to pack well for going to long trips and small suitcases. So I had always been wearing black and white. I've always surrounded myself by black and white. And so I know that there's a lot of white candles out there, but I was like, there's not really like a really cool, sophisticated, clean black matte candle. Like that would look so incredible on my coffee table like it's just something I wanted and that's kind of why I created it and it took (laughs) me forever to find like the perfect vessel that was made here in America and you know wasn't from Mm -hmm. China and also wasn't crazy expensive so that you know I could price it as an affordable luxury I mean also why I started is because I love Joe Malone and Diptyque but they were $85 $85 candles and they were toxic. So I wanted to be a $43 candle mm-hmm. that was clean. And so those were just some values that were pretty important to me. And we also have a smaller candle or smaller black mat candle that's $25. So very reasonable to get started if you want to experience our brand for, you know, and just get a taste of it. And we're, we're always running sales and stuff too. But yeah, with the design, I mean, it's something I gravitated towards, and I had a marketing background, and so I had kind of just played with Photoshop and design, but honestly, like, the name to me came instantly, like, I think I thought of the name in, like, the first minute or two, and then, like, the design is, like, the first thing I made, like, I I don't think I made multiple iterations, it, it was kind of just, I had the vision in my mind, and then I created it. <laughs>
0: I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, nothing else is coming that easily. So, I mean, sourcing all this stuff was difficult, no, no, but no, no, no. like the design aspect came pretty easily to me and the branding. Like, I mean, that's just something that I re- like you really love to do.
0: Yeah, that that was that for so many people that's the hardest part and I'm like that's the like in a, 2 seconds I can make you a whole brand and product and design it. But then the hard work comes like after. Yeah. Definitely.
1: So I I get that. (laughs) I mean, like accounting and suppliers mm, and the manufacturing and operations, like, rip my head out. But like, I'll create you a brand and throw up a Shopify for you and create an Instagram and, um, you know, all those other things for you in a few minutes. (laughs) Same.
0: Same. (laughs) I'm filing for Texas right now and I I hate it. Oh. Hate it, hate it. yeah but um since we're on the topic of like entrepreneurship and since we're like young female entrepreneurs yeah. <laughs> um do you want to take us a bit on like what your day is like you know I mean I don't really have a routine I don't think you do either but is there more or less of like a way you work or or, or- or like, what's a week for you? You know, instead of one day, what's like a week of work and life?
1: Yeah, so I still make every single candle that we've sold, even orders of 1,500. I mean, so wow. definitely candle making is somewhere in the week, what depending on order volume and the day. But mm-hmm. aside from that, I actually spend a surprising amount of time on data and research and whether it could be something small, like what are insights on the best time to post and what hour gets the most engagement to where did that person named Nicole, where, where is she? Who is she? Where did she buy from? how did she find my brand? I mean, like, I want to know, like, how did you find me? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I spent a lot of time on Google Analytics and just kind of doing research on how people are finding me. How do I target new customers? Who is this Nicole? Like, how do I find more people like her? Um, You know, if she a 30 year old person who's making life changes, she knows people who are going to weddings and having a baby shower and she needs something for a gift, or is she 25 and just moved into a new apartment and she has a crazy hectic life and she likes a candle to use as self-care and relaxation and ambiance and just a way for her to like settle down into her day. Um, So just kind of, I think really diving into like the customer experience and who my customers are how do I find them? Like, that's a really Mm -hmm. good amount of my time, I would say. And then aside from that, it's kind of reaching out for press opportunities, or um, more so in the past, like retail opportunities, and, you know, travel corporate sponsorships. So whether it's reaching out to like the Mexican Board of Tourism, or just doing some sort of outreach, and A lot of it too is connecting Mm -hmm. with other entrepreneurs or connecting with other people, even if there's, and I found that, and that's what I actually, one of the things I love most about having my own businesses before, you know, working for a company, it's like, there's nothing superfluous that you do that doesn't pertain to a direct sale, like, Working at my prior company, it was like, okay, you're going to send this email. This is the goal. Like you want this out of this person and we're going to do this presentation and the first meeting you're going to want to get to this answer. And I just love that in this position, like I don't have that mandate and I feel like it's just relationship based. And, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. coming on this call expecting anything out of you. I'm just like loving Connecting with you, and who knows in the future, like what might come out of it. And I think that's true with anything. And so, a lot of it too is like relationship building with people, like and talking to other entrepreneurs that are in completely different industries, maybe, but just how we can work together and collaborate or things like that.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love that. You're so much more database focus like data and (laughs) analytics than I am um way way more but I love that (laughs) maybe I can learn from you yeah
1: and I feel like with COVID too it's just like okay now that I can't do in-person things and I can't be in events how can I you know again adapting how can I use my time to Mm -hmm. you know further not only my business but like my own personal skill set and you know I love my company. I love what I'm doing and I see a future in it. But like, let's say, you know, you also have to be like a realist, like say, you know, this company just crashed or I never got another sale again. I have to be prepared to create skills and create opportunities for myself that I can learn and I can translate that if Mm -hmm. I had to go back to a corporate job. So definitely digital advertising and analytics in my reach background was in partnerships, but at a tech company that was very data driven. So how can I use what I already know? And how can I grow on it? And like worst case, if I could, now I feel like I could go work at a digital advertising company or in analytics or something too, and be more (laughs) marketing data driven.
0: hundred (laughs) percent. I feel like when, like right now, It's my company is only me and your company Mm -hmm. is only you. So we have to do so many titles. So if this ever failed, um, you know, hopefully not. But if this ever failed or or we gave it up, um, we could do so many job titles with other clients, like other companies. Yeah. So that's, that's a good takeaway, at least. My mom always says that. She says, listen, whatever happens, at least you've learned so much and you can go... To another company and do that for them and I'm like that's
1: not the goal thank you <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I'm like glad I'm learning your mom that's sweet <laughs> yeah I mean it's definitely not the goal <laughs> I definitely do want to keep doing this but I have to be real yeah, with same. myself and but I mean I don't know about you but I feel like each week I learn more than I did in a year at my corporate job
0: yep yep hundred percent and you learn so much about yourself too running your own company because no one else is making you do anything you know and and there's this motivation that grows out of nowhere that you would not have with another company and it's it's just you decide how far you go so that's super motivating and even when you're feeling down like that sometimes usually helps me out of any bad uh mood that I'm in, you yes, know. Yes.
1: Definitely. I mean,
0: yeah, so there's a lot of like career growth and personal growth and all that. Yeah,
1: and for me, I'm an extrovert. So like I'm energized by people and going and doing events and talking to people. And so when that's been taken away, like that kind of energy I had and that motivation I had I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck at home and I have to motivate myself to do these things. But I think in general, like everything is a push and a pull, whether it's like your personal relationships or professional is like, is it pulling you or are you having to pull it Mm -hmm. forward or are you being pushed forward? Like, is this something that you wake up every day and you're like, I, I'm the only person who can do this. So if it's going to work and I, if I want to pay rent this month, you know, I better go make it happen. Versus like having to wake <laughs> up and pulling yourself out of bed to go do your job, and somebody gives you a list of things that you have to do. Like nobody's gonna, no one's giving you a list of things, right, Clara? Like you have to no. create that list for yourself. So,
0: yeah, hundred percent agree. Double edged sword. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's there's good and there's bad, but I will still. Yeah. I preferred this a million times. Definitely. Um I think we're we're going into uh the end of this episode, but um if you could give and if you can't come up with anything, that's all right. But if you could give advice on like something that's personal to you, advice on personal life and advice on career. Yeah.
1: So I would say with career and especially with like starting your business and kind of coming full circle about what we talked about with so many people right now with COVID who are either losing their job or Mm. maybe they got a pay cut or maybe they're realizing their industry isn't as flourishing and thriving. Like if you're in the travel industry or the event space, like where do you go from here? How do you um, pivot and how do you go forward? Maybe you have an idea that you want to execute on and you're nervous or scared, like now is the time to do it. And I think that the secret to getting ahead is just getting started. And it's all about execution. So you could have the best idea in the world, but if you're not doing it, then it means nothing. So I feel like just taking those risks, especially as a young person, you know, it's obviously harder if you have a family, you know, that's something I saw with my dad as an entrepreneur growing up, like there was things that, I mean, he was specifically in uh, real estate and construction. So there was risks that he wanted to take. And for Mm -hmm. that industry, those are big risks. I mean, like a building or a project or a piece of land, like those are those are big price tags. And so he couldn't always do those risks when he was young, like he could, when he was younger, he had a family. So it's just like you had to take jobs or you had to do things that you wouldn't necessarily want to do, but you have to. And so I think for a young person, especially take those risks and just get started because like we said, at the end of the day, Even if it blows up in your face, like you learn something and that's so valuable, and you can translate that now to so many different areas of your life. Like everything comes full circle, and everything that you've done in your life, you can learn from and apply later on. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's kind of personal and professional
0: true (laughs) (laughs) I mean if you're stuck in
1: a relationship you want to get out of like get out of it now's the time like you know just take that risk or just in general like I think that the scariest part is just starting
0: I agree and and there's no better time than right now like just use this time change everyone's plans and and make your own and and you're never going to be ready this is something I always say you're never going to be ready don't wait for perfection just go for it
1: and I think now that there's Mm -hmm. not a status quo anymore like for me when I heard that it's like restaurants are shut down shops are shut down now here in America we have for lawyers they're taking their bar exam to become a lawyer online like schools here your colleges Isn't you're insane. applying and you don't have to take any sort of testing and it's just like mm. everything that used to be so concrete, uniform, hard and stone, things that you thought would never change are all of a sudden changing and yeah. people are having to change and they're getting used to it. So if you have something new that you want to start with or Um, something new you want to bring out into the market or even if it's not new candles are not new whatsoever like they're one of the oldest you know (laughs) products like known to our human civil modern day man you know so but it's like how can you make it different and how can you add your own personality to it too and that goes back to like the branding and the brand Mm -hmm. voice but Yeah. Tips on running your own brand. I would just say to, to get started and just do it. And then I would also say is find mentors. And that's something that I didn't do as much as I wish I should have, but I wish I had reached out to more people. That's the, I guess the one thing I regret is like, I felt like I had to do everything on my own. And I felt like I was a burden if I was asking Mm -hmm. advice to people, but I found now I'm, like way more confident in my business. Like I know back and forth at anything you'd ever ask me about like candles or the candle industry. So now I'm more confident in it, but I think, um, people, so people actually will ask me on tips on how to start a business. And I think that people love to share like what they've been through and their experience. So my other advice would just be to ask other people and ask advice when you don't know.
0: Yeah. And reach out as much as you need to. Yeah.
1: And I think that's probably easier for extroverts to say, I know, like my boyfriend's an introvert. And <laughs> th- I mean, he is like, he's a financial person. And so he's like a wizard when it comes to creating financial models or Excel, or putting in the hard work to like, create any of those things. But for him, he's like, Oh my gosh! How can you just walk into a store and ask to speak to a like a manager to like get your candles in there? Like he has no concept of how you could either like even do that. So I, I realize for some people it's like harder, and it's not always easy. Like it's definitely uncomfortable. Like I really feel like a fool. Like sometimes I've, I've gotten doors shut in my face. People say no. Oh, yeah, I do too. But you know, you may never meet those people again, and if they do, that's their problem. You know. So. <laughs>
0: yeah I've gone so many like yeah no like look up and down and go like yeah, yeah no I'm like all right well <laughs> have a good day <laughs> and they're like yeah yeah
1: bye. I like came into this one <laughs> store one time and it was like an interior design store that was super cute but I had like asked I told him like mm-hmm. oh I have candles like if you're interested in stocking like I'd love to show you so you can experience it and he's just like didn't say a word to me turns around there's a door a foot away from me opens the door slams it in front of my face and is like there's a girl selling something out here and then someone's like get her out of here and they're like what is she (gasps) doing and like it was a full conversation and I was a foot away on the other side of the door like could clearly hear and they open like just cracks the door open it's like we're not interested bye can you please leave (laughs) like okay (laughs) oh my god that is so yeah but I mean
0: there's people there's people for everything but (laughs) I mean
1: it's funny now I was just like wow okay (laughs) you're supposed to be a salesman yourself you have a store you're selling stuff so anyway true
0: I mean to be honest I've depending on what I'm pitching but um usually I get more yes than no it's very rare for example the podcast I I will just reach out to people and same as I did to you and I would say 95% of Mm -hmm. the time it's a yes. And the rest is usually a not right now or, or no, I'm not comfortable, but thank you. And, you know, like the other 95%, it's always a yes. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yes. And I'm like, (laughs) really? (laughs) You know? So I think, I think reaching out and shooting your shot is, is so much better. And you know, if it's not a walking in in person, which takes a lot, like you and I know, you can always just you know shoot an email, shoot a DM. Like it's so yeah. easy nowadays. You don't really need to do it in person. Yeah. I would say to anyone, shoot your Definitely. shot. Definitely,
1: yeah. You never know the answer <laughs> until you ask. And I actually 100% agree. Like I said, the negative part of it that's way less common. Like I am actually shocked the amount of people who who say yes or who are supportive. And I agree, I would say 95% of the time I reach out to someone about something, I hear back in general, and a lot of the time Uh it's positive. But I think that another, like, I guess, tip, and I think for me personally, the reason why it is, is because it's very targeted, and it's very personal, and I don't do mass stuff. Like, I've never sent out, like, mass emails about, like, my, um, to, to retailers trying to sell them, or anything. Like I intimately know who this person is, what their mission is. And when I reach out, it's very like, you know, you know, I I saw what you're doing. I love this mission. I went by the other day, you know, I met this person and I'd love to connect with you. You know, it's very targeted. And so I think it's harder for people to, Mm -hmm. you know, refuse when you've taken the time to learn about someone else and you're appreciating that. I think that, other the person on the other side appreciates it as well I agree
0: completely yeah even myself I I, when I get reached out for stuff I usually say yes like if it's interesting I'm like Yeah. yeah sure
1: And I think people are just, especially in the entrepreneur world, I think I did not experience that in the corporate world, like mm -hmm. whatsoever. Like I was having to send cold emails out to people all the time. I would say 95% of them would not respond, if not more. But I feel like with (laughs) entrepreneurs, it's different. Like a lot of the time, I'm sure you're the same, like the people you're reaching out to are people who've literally built it from the ground up themselves. So they understand, you know. The hustle that it takes. So I feel like if you're reaching out to someone founder to founder, yeah. entrepreneur to entrepreneur, they are like the most responsive people and the most like, sure, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm up for it, kind of thing.
0: I completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, I think it's just a mentality. I, I, I'm so yeah, yeah. We, we're very willing to help out just because we've been through it ourselves. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that was, that was good. If you think that's enough and and you can tell the people listening where they can find you and, and, you know, your website and anything else that you want to tell them.
1: Yeah. I think it was good too. Okay. So thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Clara, for giving me the opportunity to talk today. I had so much fun. Who knew? Um, It's just like having a conversation with a new friend. I loved it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> but if you want to learn more about Malibu Apothecary yes. and our clean coastal candles, you can go to com And Apothecary is A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y. And please follow us at Malibu Apothecary on Instagram or Facebook. A follow is free and it really helps us. So thank you again so much for listening. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>